Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. If pigs could fly, then they certainly could host the show better than this monkey can. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast. I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from the lovely fall confines of Concord, North Carolina. Want to wish all my uh, Jewish brethren a Happy New Year, which I forgot to last time, so I apologize for that. But in tonight's show, we're going to talk about in Pipe Parts going to touch on Carl Eric Pipes and a little bit of history there. Then my guest tonight is Louise Pavanotti, better known as uh, Louise Jones from Hermit Tobacco. So you asked for a lady pipe smoker. Now you got a lady pipe smoker that also blends some tobaccos. Uh, Mailbag to get caught up on music because of what I did this past weekend and... Uh, mailbag rant all that coming up later on in the show um, all this traveling has got me kind of turned upside down so you'll have to bear with me but uh, yeah time zone jumping is uh, catching up to me a little tired still and uh, apparently fighting some problems with my computer uh, anybody else have any problems with their microsoft windows updates that started causing all kinds of issues with me it seems like Microsoft and the Department of Change decided that they were going to change some stuff, but, oh, you know, I had problems like my sound card wasn't working, which makes doing the radio show a little hard, and I had problems like uh, my security features weren't working, which makes uh, getting viruses very easy, and especially traveling in and out of hotels, you definitely want to make sure that your virus protection is up when you're using your laptop on a hotel wireless, because you have no idea what's going on there, but... Anyway, I digress. We'll uh, talk about my trip a little bit in the uh, towards the end of the show. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company. And here we go. This is Internet Radio. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. The Carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation. From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the coastal low country, it's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid-1800s, and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. The Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, bold Latakias, spicy Periques, or unique aromatics, we've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, we live all things pipe tobacco, blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco 
It's what we do. Stop by CornellMDeal.com. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. In just a few minutes, Louise will be on the phone with me. Uh, in the meantime, for pipe parts, I wanted to talk about a pipe maker by the name of Carl Eric. Some of you may see his pipes. They have a K-E on the logo, uh, on the stem as a logo. A lot of them in the traditional Danish freehand style. Well, Carl Eric started making pipes in Denmark in the 1960s and saw what the other Danes were doing with some of the freehand styles. And I'm going to guess, and this is just me guessing a little bit, but he probably saw what Preben Holm was doing and decided that that was a way for him to make pipes. And that was a way for him to show the uh, the beauty of the pipes. Uh, Carl Eric's career really took off when he started. He got some distribution in Denmark, some pipe shops carrying his stuff in Copenhagen. But then it was the Wally Frank Company, and if you remember back to when we had Brad Weinfeld on the show, uh, Wally Frank was the owner of Hulk O'Rourke, and Wally Frank aggressively went overseas and did almost the same thing that Herman Lane did, where he'd try to find some product and bring it into the States. Well, Wally Frank brought in Carl Eric's product, and business took off from there to the point where, and this is how... Some of these freehand pipes are made where he set up a production facility and had people working for him. Uh, the blocks and the stems were cut very similarly, but then each one hand-finished and hand-shaped and had you know, special treatments to follow the grain or sandblast the pipes out. But essentially, Carl Eric became the counter-argument to uh, Previn Holmes pipes. And... You'll see a lot of Carl Eric freehands, but then the one that got me, because this goes back to my days at Hulk O'Rourke, was Carl Eric also made the Joby Dansk. And Joby Dansk, being a freehand pipe, was part of the uh, Weber the Weber Pipe Company, developed for Tinderbox, but then at the same time Hulk O'Rourke had it. Uh, some, of the other, some of the other brands that Carl Eric made were Champ of Denmark, uh, Wenhall, Shelbourne. Uh, he made some private labels for some of the bigger retailers too. So if you see a pipe that looks like it might be a, you know, obviously a Danish freehand, but has a different stamping on it, it might be a Carl Eric pipe. Um, again, the Carl Eric pipes, you know, he was buying a lot of the supplies and bringing them in, and then he started doing some higher-end lines towards later on in his life where he did some full-blown handmaids only. Had a lot of those, again, those Danish pipe makers. He influenced a lot of those young pipe makers into getting started. At one point in Carl Eric's career, he had over 15 people working for him in a factory in Denmark producing Carl Eric big freehands. Uh, and this goes back to that time in the, the time in the U.S. in particular when the Danish freehand pipe or the uh, the big natural plateau top pipe was a very popular, very uh, regularly seen style in most pipe shops. But Carl Eric passed away in 2004. I believe there are still some of the pipes being used under the brand name and being sold, but they're more traditional stuff. 
If he was going to do a more traditional line, he'd sometimes do it under a secondary factory name. But again, one of those long-forgotten brands that, if you find them on the estate market, can be a good deal. He did take care of his briar. He would buy briar from several different sources, and they were all top-smoking, really good pipes. Just make sure that they're in fairly good condition and that you don't have to do a lot of cleaning to them. Because remember, I don't, I don't like, uh, I don't like buying an estate pipe that I have to tear apart and re-engineer the pipe. So, there you go, Carl Eric Pipes of Denmark, another great value. So, stay with us. Louise will be on the phone in just a minute. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Signore, signore, scusi per favore, but what is that intoxicating and delicious aroma coming from your pipe? Oh, uh, this is Molto Dolce, my all-time favorite blend from Sutliff Tobacco. Do you like it? I found it on SutliffMoltoDolce.com. Do you mind if I try? Oh, signore, this truly is Molto Dolce. So charming that you even speak my language as it is truly very sweet. (laughs) Just like you, I am sure. I can just taste the warm caramel and sweet dripping honey gushing through my mouth. Oh, and even better, the rich vanilla flavor plays so well with the other tastes over my tongue. It is like they are all having a giant playful pillow fight on smooth and silky sheets of tobacco in my mouth. Pure heaven! Mi piace moltissimo, mi amore. Can't you see it, signore? I can see it. I can see it. And signore... Best of all, no tongue bite. Grazie un milione for the pipe, signore. Mm-hmm. Hey! Sightlift Tobacco Company will not be held responsible for any loss of one's favorite pipe customers may experience when smoking our delicious Malto Dolce blend in public. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show and... Uh, Several weeks back, there was a thread going around asking for prominent lady pipe smokers. Well, I knew exactly which one to go to, so please welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show, Louise Pavanetti-Jones, a fixture at many of the pipe shows throughout the years, as well as the uh, owner-operator of Hermit Tobacco Works, and we're going to talk about the Captain Earl blends in a little bit, but Louise, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. It's a pleasure to speak with you this evening. So we've known each other for 14, 15 years. Um, I've aged. You haven't a bit. Uh, Well, thank you again. How did you get into this crazy little business of ours? Uh, It started Jay Jones was a pipe smoker. And um, back in, like, 1982... We acquired Captain Earl's Meerschaum pipe at auction. And lo and behold, 10 years later, we moved to the country setting, and it was very difficult to buy tobaccos, so he came up with this great idea to blend his own tobaccos. And that's what started the Hermit Tobacco Works Company. So it really started with the tobaccos first. 
It really did. Oh, tobacco's first, for sure. We, were rec- we received the Tom Dunn publications uh-huh. and saw that there was a tobacco show in Indianapolis way back when. We're talking about early 90s now. And he attended the show, and it was a hobby at that point in time. You know, he's a pipe smoker since he was like 18 years old and attended college. And um, decided, you know, I'm going to try and make a blend. And the first blend was uh, private stock, and uh, the template was essentially 965, you know, a deep Latakia blend. And from there, one blend led to another, and we followed Captain Earl's life. And uh, private stock was his own blend, essentially, and uh, his wife's name was Honor, so we did a non-English blend, Honor, and then there's Mystic, which is, um, you know, nine tobacco blends and condiment tobaccos and uh, more of an Oriental blend, and then ten Russians. I mean, the the storyline is phenomenal, and it's all based on Captain Earl, the real life, you know, captain of the... uh, Charles W. Morgan, and it's now docked in Mystic, Connecticut, huh. and uh, last yeah, last wooden, uh, wooden whaling ship in America. So when did when did you start smoking the pipe? I started smoking. Um, we were in the uh, insurance business before the pipe business, and we would do a lot of traveling across the United States. So I would learn how to pack the pipe while Jay was driving. <laughs> And little by little, I said, this is such an enjoyable, you know, time and contemplation, and it tasted good, and I liked the aroma, and I always admired pipe smokers. So about 15, 16 years ago, I said, I'm going to try this, and um, I've been smoking a pipe ever since. And just so that everybody knows, you smoke the Captain Earl line. Exclusively. I mean, I've tried other tobaccos, you know. Uh, I've had the great privilege of having some of the best, you know, because the gentlemen will get together at the pipe shows and, here, try this. So the baby's bottoms and the escudos and all those, you know, exotic, rare kind of tobaccos. But my everyday smoke is Captain Earl's. And that, and most of them are fairly heavy English blends. Very much so, very much so. And um, this is why about three years ago, uh, change in palette, and I wanted a little lighter Latakia, and this is how I came up with the uh, latest blend, Reflections. So it does have a, a light Latakia blaze, base, excuse me, but a little more Virginia's, a little more Cavendish, just a, a little lighter, and uh, I'm enjoying it. So when I first met you guys, you and Jay were, I mean, you guys were going to every pipe show possible and doing a lot of estate pipes as well as collecting your own pipes, which I thought there were times when I'd see Jay buy more pipes for your own collections than you guys would actually sell. Yes. Uh, You have amassed a a, a gorgeous collection of older Dunhill, are they considered to be ladies' pipes? Um, not specifically. I mean, the only specific lady pipes are the Art Deco from Dunhill, and they were designed exclusively for the ladies in the early 1920s and 30s. You know, Dunhill Marketing, they saw a rage and uh, a trend, so they try to capture that market. But most of my collections are, you know, Dunhill's um, groups one, two, and three. I prefer a smaller pipe. 
but I wouldn't de designate them as ladies' pipes. They're just a smaller bowl. How does the Art Deco pipe itself? Uh, how does it? How does it separate itself from just a traditional smaller pipe? It's it's such a unique design. Um, they had a very Art Deco stem and insert, and it, it was a, a briar uh, screw bowl, very small. And I have the, uh, an original advertisement from Dunhill in 1920, and what they suggested that the ladies do were to break their cigarettes in half and use their cigarette tobacco in this pipe. Uh, you know, this is the era of, you know, women's getting their vote and being accepted in the, uh, the boys' room, essentially. But um, they're very distinctive in their design. And, they, you know, they're very long stem and uh, made basically out of Bakelite, and they used colors, you know, red one, blue one, yellow, green, white, so it's a very feminine-looking pipe. Um, a gentleman could smoke them. I mean, they're very smokable pipes, but it, it, it has a, a flair for design as opposed to a classic, you know, shell or um, typical briar billiard or anything along those lines. It's very distinctive. You've seen them. Yeah, and then, and then on the opposite side of it, uh, Jay liked larger pipes. Very much so. Well, big man, big pipe, you know, group six. And, um, you know, preferred the English, uh, the Dunhill, the Sheridan, the Barlings. And uh, I was raised, you know, essentially with that, um, you know, a Dunhill pipe, a Sheridan pipe, a Barling pipe, as opposed to uh, the other pipes from Bar, you know, the other products that are out there, the Cines or uh, you know, some of the Italians. And the Danes, you know, love the Danes. Have you ever had any uh, any strange looks from people when you're smoking your pipe? Um, I don't know if that word would be strange. It would be like uh, a wow factor. It would be like, wow, there's a lady smoking a pipe. And you smoke your pipe everywhere you go, all day long, no matter where you are. Um, I use discretion. I use discretion. I don't take it when I go shopping or anything like that because now, you know, you, it's just not possible to smoke in public anymore. But family and friends know that I'm a lady pipe smoker, and then attending these shows for the past uh, 15, 16 years, uh, just enjoyed, you know, smoking a pipe and having the, uh, the liberty and the option to do so at a pipe show. So cocktail parties and parties, sure, I'll have a pipe. I've I've encouraged a lot of listeners to get out and go to pipe shows. Yes. And when I first started going to the pipe shows was right about when you started going on a regular basis. And we've seen the change in it. But just kind of describe for everybody what you think the difference is between the older pipe shows and the, and the ones going on now. That's a great question. Um, the older pipe shows because... I guess the novelty of it all, I mean, the first time I heard of a pipe show, I said, wow, that's an exceptional concept. And then once you attend a pipe show, then and now, it's the camaraderie, it's the, the brotherhood of the briar, um, the friendships, uh, the unique people that you meet. Um, that's been a standard throughout the years. 
what I find most exciting now is uh, the next generation, the younger pipe smokers, the 30-something crowd. <laughs> I yeah. guess that's dating us, Brian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. And then there was a time where we could go to these pipe conventions, essentially, and, and have the freedom to smoke throughout the uh, establishment, the hotel ballrooms where the shows were held, in the, you know, the smoking room itself. And now that's just been, you know, slowly, slowly closing down and closing down. And um, still worthwhile, I mean, when you're thinking of buying a pipe, you want to see it, you want to hold it in your hand, you want to talk to the, the seller. Uh, most people, and you know this, uh, your favorite pipe, you know when you bought it, who you bought it from, <laughs> what's the first tobacco you put in it, uh, you know the provenance of the pipe, and... Um, that's why you go to a pipe show. You yeah. go to, you know, find the pipe of your dreams and find the tobacco that you've been searching for because um, you can sample the tobaccos at a pipe show. If you buy something off the Internet, it's like, well, maybe I'll like it or maybe I won't, but if you're at a pipe show, you can pack up a sample. You know, when I do pipe shows, there's always the tobacco samples for the Captain Roll line there. And people will ask, you know, I'm looking for a, a deep, you know, a deep Latakia, then I would recommend, you know, a 10 Russians. Or if they wanted something lighter, then I would suggest the private stock. You have that rapport the, uh, to ask those questions and to take the sample. So definitely attend a pipe show if you can. And before we go to the break, you've also done some limited edition tobaccos that people may see out there around. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the uh, the artwork might have been inspired by Jay. <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. Uh, label art, you know, is, is wonderful. We always try to use a, a vintage kind of label uh, just because the artwork is so outstanding. And, um, you know, a picture does say a thousand words sometimes. So um, it, it was, it's always been fun trying to design a new label for the tobacco line. So when you're out at pipe shows or uh, looking around the internet, if you see Midnight Lace or Pink Champagne and it says Hermit Tobacco Company, it really is from Hermit Tobacco Company. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. You have to remember, Jay was a master blender, and we would sit here at the farmhouse and, uh, like a, uh, you know, a, a good chef, uh, you design a recipe, and then you add a little of this and some of that, and then you test it and you taste it and you like the nuances or you add this, you know, depending on the palate and what you're trying to accomplish. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk more with Louise and talk more about pipe smoking and pipe shows and all kinds of fun. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Cup of Joe's, a name you know, a name that you trust for all your tobacco needs. Exclusive pipes, pipe tobacco, accessories, pipe stands, and so much more. Cup of Joe's is the one place you can go and take care of every single one of your tobacco purchases. Fast shipping, friendly, professional service. One site, cupofjoes.com. And coming soon, their new line of smoking man pipes, cupofjoes.com. Quality products and extraordinary prices. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. 
Achilles Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs, comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. This is Internet Radio. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Louise. And, Louise, you grew up in... Queens, New York, but you live somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Ohio slash Michigan. Um, what took you out to uh, out to Ohio? Uh, we transferred from Florida to Michigan at that point in time in the insurance and financial industry, and always preferred a private lifestyle. And with that said, I live in a Victorian farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, absolutely in the middle of nowhere. I have Amish neighbors, and um, it's a real joy. I prefer the tranquility of, of this kind of lifestyle. So, so it is really a hermit lifestyle. Very much so. Very much so. And the farm has, uh, you have your own garden and all that stuff? Gardening, big barn, chicken coop, granary, about 10 acres of land surrounded by cornfields, and just a very quiet, laid-back private. Gives you time to smoke a pipe at your leisure. Thus, you know, reflection came to be because I had the time to reflect over the past couple of years and wanted to put out a new tobacco blend. And uh, this is the surrounding this is the surroundings that uh, afford you the opportunity to do that. And just a little bit different than Queens. Just slightly. Just slightly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, a nice place to be from. You know, I got my education there, and so all the sites that, you know, New York can offer you, and um, just realized, you know, for, for good health and good mental health, I had the opportunity to, um, you know, travel the world and uh, decided at one point in time had enough of the metropolitan lifestyle and moved out to the country with Jay and uh, been here for oh, about 22 years now. Wow. Now, yeah. I, it's been a couple of years since we lost Jay. Yes. And he, or let's just say he left us, he, he left us without approval and too soon. Uh, Jay is actually responsible for me getting my first, the first two Disney pipes. And it was, I remember. It was at a, uh, I think it was a Richmond pipe show in 2003 or four when I got my first two. Uh, Amazing the, collection you have. <laughs> well, and then every year, every time I'd see him, he'd get excited if he had another one for me or if he knew where one was and. Uh, even though he was, um, even though he was wheeling and dealing pipes, he was still looking out to find pipes for people. That was, you know, a lot of people 
realized, uh, you know, they put in special requests. I'm looking for this pipe or that particular pipe. And he would search and find. Um, he was just really good at what he did. Really good. And then when did the buying and selling of estate pipes really start for you guys? Uh, I, I want to say like 1999. Up until that point, we had minimal, you know, computer and uh, got a laptop and then started uh, searching the web. And Jay was the consummate businessman. You know, he'd been in uh, the insurance business and uh, did antique shows and things of that nature. And uh, you you remember, Brian, if anyone could cut a deal, it would be Jay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he definitely so, uh, was always looking for a deal. Exactly, exactly. And at so, the same time, yeah. if there was a deal out there, he'd make the fairest one possible, too. So. He built up a reputation in this business. I mean, this whole business, the pipe and tobacco business, is built on a reputation and a handshake. And, um, you know, when you shook hands with Jay, you knew it was a good deal and it was a done deal, and everybody came out happy. So what else is... something years. What else is coming up for uh, Hermit Tobacco Works? Uh, what I foresee in the near future is another blend. I really enjoyed making this Reflections blend. I have two or three other blend ideas that I'm working on now, and it's, you know, testing and trying and uh, tweaking it with this tobacco and that tobacco. Uh, so that'll be coming up. Still buying and selling pipes, still working on my collection, and... Uh, you know, supporting the pipe community as best that uh, Hermit Tobacco can, attending the shows, you know, reading the publications. If you have special requests, I'll do my best to, you know, try and find you the pipe that you must have. <laughs> that pipe that got away from me once. <laughs> That's the one that people always want. Why didn't I get it then? So, um got a network of, of associates and, and colleagues in the pipe business for over 20 years, so if there's a special pipe, and I don't particularly have it at this time, I'd be able to call a particular client and say, by the way, I'm trying to locate, you know, this particular pipe, and they might say, oh, yeah, well, I know someone who, you know, and people are so generous with their time and knowledge, so if there's something out there, and if it can be found... I'll do my best to find it for you. All the uh, the tobaccos are available on several different websites and retailers yes. all, all across the world. Are they all yes. made here in the U.S.? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. They're all natural tobaccos. They're all, um, my manufacturer has been Cornell and Deal since we started. I mean, Jay and I used to do you know, the actual tinning and the labeling right here at the farmhouse. And then the demand was so much, we said, okay, uh, you know, at that time it was with uh, Craig Tarler, yeah. another fine gentleman, and um, <clears throat> worked with him for many, many years. And now I'm working with his son, Chris, and they're still blending our tobaccos. And we own the formulas, and they produce it. And all our tobaccos are pressed because that's always been um, – you know, a signature for Hermit Tobaccos, the tobaccos are pressed. I just, it, it just adds such an aging factor and such a maturity factor. 
and um, I opened up, um, I got at the Columbus Show a, a, a private stock from 1997, opened it up, one of the originals that I had hand-packed and labeled myself, <laughs> and it was absolutely stunning. It was just great. It, the texture was there, the fragrance was there, it wasn't dry, it wasn't wet, beautiful flavor. It just, it was a really good, really good smoke. And you mentioned before that you've smoked some really, uh, some fairly rare tobaccos. Do you know what yes. the what the oldest tobacco is that you've smoked? Probably. Well, I'm going to know. I'm going to change that to emphatically. My Lady's Mixture by Dunhill. It was like a 1930 tin. And there I was able to acquire two. So obviously opened one and uh, saving the next one for when we meet. How's that, Brian? And uh, it was luxurious. It was just wonderful. What is My Lady's Mixture? Because I've actually never heard of it. Uh, let me just step aside and I'll pull out the tin. From what I can recall, uh, more of a Virginia blend back then. And let me see. I'm looking at the tin right now. Well, it says blended uh, tobacco manufactured and blended in England by Alfred Dunhill. It's called My Lady's Dunhill Mixture. And again, from what I recall, it was a, a light Latakia with a lot of Virginia. Wow. So there, there yeah. you go. Still in the hobby, and I'm learning something new. I didn't even know they ever did a, uh, did a blend specifically for ladies. Well, again, back in the 20s and 30s, they, you know... Alfred Dunhill and, you know, the generations uh, back then, uh, they saw a market, and uh, the ladies got the right to vote, and um, so they designed the Art Deco pipes, and um, if you recall Howard Smith, he was the curator at the Dunhill Museum. Yeah. Every now and then he'd come to the Chicago show, and he'd bring, you know, the, one of the ladies' pipes, because he knew, you know, I just adored them. And, you know, with the rhinestone bands and, like, a group <laughs> one, you know, just a beautiful grain. And uh, Dunhill knew enough. He has a whole other market. Didn't last too long. Uh, I think they stopped making specific pipes for ladies, per se, back in the early 30s. And then I haven't seen a tobacco line from really any tobacco manufacturer, which specifically, you know, is designated uh, for a lady pipe smoker because if you're a pipe smoker, you smoke tobacco. You don't smoke a lady's tobacco. I mean, what does that mean? So if you had a lady come up to you and say, I want to start smoking a pipe, or if you had a, uh, a, mm -hmm. a significant other that said, I want my, I, you know, I want my wife or my girlfriend to start smoking a pipe, you'd suggest that she start with just a traditional pipe and whatever tobacco smelled good to her? Most definitely, most definitely. Uh, I, I have many lady friends that are pipe smokers, and some of them smoke a group six. They just like a long, you know, good half-hour smoke. And some other ladies just want, you know, a 20-minute smoke, so that would be like a group two pipe, you know, group size pipe. Um, they run the gamut. They run the gamut. Just like gentlemen, I've seen big men smoke small Danish pipes. Yeah. You've seen that yourself. Yeah, and little tiny guys smoking big giant pipes. Exactly, exactly. It's such a subjective hobby.
hobby, and that's what makes it so much fun. You know, there's no rules. You know, if you're big man, big pipe, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, so the rule of thumb is, is there is no rule of thumb. Exactly. 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 Well said. All right, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Ready. What is your favorite pipe? A 1927 Dunhill Shell, Group 3. And what is your favorite tobacco? It's always been private stock, but I'm really enjoying this reflection. And now this one... This one's going to be interesting for me because, uh, well, Jay introduced me to a lot of interesting bourbons, and then he was into martinis for a while, but now I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite drink? Uh, At this stage, I'm really into wine. Uh, I like a deep uh, Cabernet Sauvignon or Syrahs. In fact, um, that was some of the reason for the Reflections blend, because I wanted to have... Uh, when I was designing the blend, I was thinking of wine, so I was looking for appearance and aroma, taste and aftertaste, like a good glass of wine. And that's why I was so happy with this blend, because there is a great aroma. Uh, the appearance, you know, the Latakies are dark, and that's all you're seeing is a dark tobacco, but a reflection blend because of the added uh, Virginias. It's a... It's a pretty-looking blend, if pretty is the right word. The taste, wonderful. And then there's that aftertaste, after you put down the pipe and you still have your palate is still, you know, enjoying that tobacco. Uh, So, glass of wine suits me just fine. And this is completely off the subject, but do you think the the Virginias, with having a higher sugar count, works better with with a red wine because the of the higher, sweeter sugars in the wine? That's a good one. Um, I think the, the Virginias, because they are sweeter, okay, it's a good balance to a dark red, like a Cabernet Sauvignon or a, or a Merlot. Um, but there's nothing like a good bourbon, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'll drink yeah. to that. Oh, can't drink yet. So good. <laughs> <laughs> When it's time to relax, is it a book, a movie, or music, or do you even get television out there in the middle of nowhere? Well, thank you very much. Yes, we do have TV out here. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I'm, I, I listen to, in fact, in the background, I have a light classical station on. I've always enjoyed good music and um, a good read. And then the last question is, do you have any favorite, uh, a particularly favorite pipe show memory? Well, you pick one, and then I'll tell you one that involves you, of my one of mine. Okay, um, I think when we did the Dunhill display at Richmond, and Jay brought every piece of Dunhill pipe and paperwork and a, a, a Dunhill cricket ball and <laughs> Dunhill gloves. I mean, and Dunhill pipe caddies and Dunhill humidors and tampers and lighters. I think you remember that display. I mean, it was five tables, and it was all Dunhill. It, um, it looked that like was exciting. A, it looked like you brought a moving truck. Exactly. Exactly. 
but we wanted to do that, you know, and show people um, the collection. I mean, the collection of pipes that afternoon were phenomenal because we brought, uh, you remember all the patent pieces that I have, all the Dunhill yeah. patent pieces from the 20s and 30s, all the unique design, the one-of-a-kinds. So that, was, that to me was uh, something that I always will remember. And we had great fun doing it, too. And then I remember the Richmond Pipe Show and the hurricane came through and we were sitting in your <laughs> hotel room, about eight of us, with no electricity. Yes. yes, but we had candles and we had libations and we had our pipes and our tobaccos and great conversation and uh, obviously a couple laughs, too. And Jay and I took the screws out of the window so we could open it up and get some air moving. <laughs> No, no wonder the hotel wouldn't let us back anymore. <laughs> I can't imagine why. We're such friendly people, you know. I have no idea. Uh, anyway, no well, uh, to get a hold of Louise, you can go directly to www.pipestyle.com, P-I-P-E-S-T-Y-L-E.com. And uh, if you want to you hear more about the ladies' pipes, give her a call or an email. And if you want to learn more about the tobacco, check out the website. Appreciate it, Brian. Louise, thank you very much. I'll uh, see you. Uh, when will I see you again? Uh, uh, probably the St. Louis show. St. Louis in the dead of winter. I'll be there. Okay. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Brian. Oh, thank you. We'll be back in just a minute. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. It's Saturday morning at the crack of dawn. The cool chill of night still clings to the air as the sun slowly rises over the misty surface of the lake. You've waited all week for just this moment. You know that today is going to be epic. Everything is here to ensure perfection. From the nice full cooler packed with your favorite suds to the other empty one, waiting to be filled with piles of freshly caught fish. Reaching into your pocket, you pull out your trusty briar and fill it with your favorite tobacco, aptly named Great Outdoors. It is the perfect smoke for moments like these. A strike, a flash, and your tobacco is lit as the delicious mixture ignites and swirls over your tongue and the deep, rich burleys with a hint of sweet Virginia dance in your mouth. You smile, casting your first line into the water. The slowly widening ripples begin to stir as you feel the first bite of the day tug at your line. Now you know it truly is going to be a good day and a perfect time to enjoy the simple, yet unmatchable pleasures of the Great Outdoors. Great Outdoors is another fine quality pipe tobacco manufactured by Sudliff, America's oldest tobacco company, and is available at fine tobacconists everywhere. Enjoy your perfect day by purchasing a tin today. We are back. Hey, uh, Louise wanted me to tell you to email her. Email her at the letter E, ehermit, H-E-R-M-I-T, at AOL.com. That's the fastest way to get a hold of her. 
And uh, Kevin wanted to tell me that apparently we're having some sound issues, and I'm going to guess that it's due to the road construction outside here. And I'm looking at the bandwidth on Time Warner Cable, and yeah, it looks like we're getting a low bandwidth. So hope, it, uh, hope it's coming through okay for everybody. Uh, let's see. Wanted to recap my trip to uh, out to the West Coast. Uh, first of all, went out to went out there for work, and the primary reason was my grandmother's 100th birthday, and spent her spent her actual 100th birthday on Thursday with her the entire day. She uh, part of that um, part of that uh, Depression era, World War II era generation. She wanted to go to the bank and go to the grocery store and get some stuff done. I didn't want her to do that for her birthday, so what we did was we went to the cemetery, visited my grandfather, and then going back to when I was about three or four years old, my grandmother used to pick me up on Thursdays, and we'd drive over the hill from the San Fernando Valley into the city to go visit with her parents and go grocery shopping. Well, on the way there, one of our traditions was to stop at McDonald's for a cheeseburger and fries, and so after visiting my grandfather, we stopped last Thursday for a cheeseburger and french fries. It was the first time my grandmother had been to McDonald's in who knows how long, 10, 12, 15 years. She couldn't remember, but we stopped and had a cheeseburger, and then we drove over the hill out of the San Fernando Valley into West Los Angeles and picked up her baby brother, who is 85 years old, just like we used to do. And again, both of them raised by a pipe-smoking great-grandfather of mine. It's a long long lived um we picked him up and then we went to Farrell's ice cream parlor Farrell's is an old-fashioned ice cream parlor and they make a big deal out of birthdays and you know we had pizza and uh pizza and uh, burgers and stuff and then at the end of it they bring out a drum and make a whole big hoopla over it uh, one of the really cool parts of the entire birthday was we had let a few uh, city and county and state and federal officials know that it was her birthday, so of course they all sent letters. The city of Los Angeles sent a big, colorful uh, birthday wish. The uh, president of the United States, both he and his wife, sent a card, and I thought it was really well written how it mentioned that she's part of that generation that suffered and sacrificed and knew about uh, you know, spreading uh, peace and freedom throughout the throughout the country. I should have taken a picture of it because it was uh, really beautiful. Um, anyway, then, uh, so she was worn out. I was worn out from driving all over the place, but we had a great time. Friday and Saturday, worked all day and uh, ran into, uh, went to the Tinderbox down in Santa Monica, the, the original Tinderbox store. And who was sitting there when I walked right in but Rick Newcomb. So it was fun to visit with Rick and spend some time with him while he was just sitting there relaxing and enjoying the first tinderbox store in the United States ever. On Sunday, and this is going to play into the piece of music that I selected, on Sunday we finally got a chance to go to Disneyland with a friend of my father's. And my father is on the the California Institute of the Arts Alumni Board, CalArts is a college that was funded by Disney, uh, by Walt Disney himself and started. On the board of the alumni board with my dad was a gentleman by the name of Mark Davis. Mark was the lead animator for uh, Sleeping Beauty, uh, animated Tinkerbell, worked on Bambi, 
uh, just one of those, one of what Walt considered to be his nine old men. Uh, Walt married, or Mark married a uh, young student of his by the name of Alice. And Alice Davis was a costume designer by trade and a quite an artist herself. So Alice is now 80-something years old. And <laughs> excuse me. And recently received the honor of getting a window on Main Street named after her. So if you're ever on Main Street at Disneyland or Main Street at the Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World, look up onto the second floor windows. All those names of people with kind of fictitious, funny jobs, like, for example, Alice's is the small world, uh, the small world clothing or small world clothier and designer. All those names up on Main Street are paying homage to people that had a huge impact on the uh, on the development or the design or the or something to Disneyland or the Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World. So next time you're at Disneyland or Disney World, make sure and look at those windows on the second floor. Those are all people that the uh, that the park wanted to that the park wanted to honor with it. It is the single highest honor that can be given to any Disney-related cast member. Well, we got to take Alice to the park, and she had absolutely nothing, no appointments, no scheduled appearances, no book signings or anything, so it was just a day with her and uh, my parents and my sister and her kids and a friend of ours, and all we we literally went on... Two rides. We went on the uh, trains that I worked on, and then we went on It's a Small World, which she did all the costume design for the dolls for the the Small World that opened in 1964 at the New York World's Fair. And to go on Small World with her and hear her talk about how you know the changes that they've made and some of the stuff that's still original, and just to sit there, and then we got to take pictures in front of her uh, uh, in front of her window on Main Street, which is right next to mark's window on main street because mark was the lead show designer for oh some little attractions like uh pirates of the caribbean uh redesigned some stuff in the jungle cruise added some stuff to some attractions that are gone country bear jamboree so anyway it was a lot of fun but it made me think i also really like the new uh pirates of the caribbean theme and there's a young violinist lady named Taylor Davis. Coincidental that the names are the same? Just a coincidence. Purely a coincidence. But uh, Taylor is a video gamer and a geek and was oftentimes, uh, she writes on her website how she was oftentimes picked on and bullied in school, but she does music for science fiction she takes the science fiction and fantasy themes and the music from her favorite video games and plays them on classical violin so here's her doing her version of the he's a pirate theme from pirates of the caribbean the movie
And if you'd like to hear more about Taylor Davis or learn more about her, go to her website. It's Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, Davis, violin.com. There is a message for you. In the mailbag, before this big tractor outside decides to smush the building, which it sounds like it's pounding on, uh... The number one show listener, John Seiler, writes, Hi, Brian, and welcome home. If I recall correctively, was also the name of a once-made pipe tobacco. Yes, it was. Uh, Ian Walker, Northern Briars, makes a great pipe. You should get him for your show. It sounds like you had a nice but tiring trip. It's too bad you did not have more time in London. Yeah, I will get back to London, that's for sure. And I'll get back there when the smoke shops are open. Uh, John goes on to write, Albert Gubbles of the House of Gubbles is an unknown to me, although I'm acquainted with Big Ben and Hilson Pipes. The company has had a very interesting history. It sounds like we can look forward to some uh, new products from this old established firm, especially if I have anything to do with it. Uh, October 10th or 12th is the core show in Richmond. The Columbus show is in your history. Hmm, jet lag and memory lag. Did I really goof that up? Oh, well. Yeah, jet lag and memory lag. That's what I'll blame. That's what I'll blame. So, uh, Yes, the coffee is good in Europe. However, the beds are a bit small. Great show. Welcome back. And uh, Elvin Goodman did a good job while you were done. All right, well, we'll stop coming up with new names for Kevin Godby. I promise. Sometime soon. Uh, one Pyrotech writes, As always, enjoyed the show. Regarding good coffee, the only way I can get coffee I like is roast it myself maybe call john at sweetmarias.com tell him what you had and like and he can point you in the right direction they carry all sorts of beans and roasters that are inexpensive to top of the line i uh, i thought about roasting my own coffee but my wife says i have plenty of other hobbies and machinery around here so i'll stick with my own little home blend that gets me through and just enjoy all the coffee in europe uh, but I will check them out for their beans. Uh, Scott Thiele writes, Wow, great show, Brian. I especially enjoyed hearing about Elbert Gubbles' work with Reiner Barbie with developing their Hilson line. What a blessing for them to have had that time with Barbie. Looking forward to seeing more of the results. Elvis Goldberg did a good job while you were across the pond, but it's great to have you back in the saddle, Brian. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. <laughs> um Jay Smokes Pipes wrote, Welcome back, Brian. Kevin did a good job in your absence, but it's nice to have you back. Great interview with Mr. Gubbles. Someday I would love to go to Europe to meet some of these great pipe makers and tour famous pipe places happy smoking. And uh, Casey Ghost, Dan writes, Great report on the trip. Always interesting to hear about other people's customs. I don't suppose you'll be publishing a travel log with lots of pictures. You know, I thought about that, but one of the reasons why I do a radio show is because I hate writing, and uh, it's a little hard to take pictures all the time of stuff that we're doing, and I should do a better job of that, especially the restaurant in Germany that was, it turned out it was a karaoke bar, but the English translation of the store, of the of the karaoke bar was, happy, happy, ding dong. So uh, next time you're in Dortmund, Germany, look for happy, happy, ding dong. It's a karaoke bar. Uh, anyway, Dan goes on to write, The interview with Elbert was most enjoyable. Even if I have no interest in his pipes, it's really hard 
to the American ear to hear someone speak matter-of-factly of the local monarchy. Uh, the Dutch seem to have found a way to work out how to have a constitutional monarchy and make it work without a lot of angst. Kevin did a nice job in your absence, but we re- but we prefer your Mickey Mouse ways and my goofy voice. Thanks, Dan. Uh, Riff Raff writes, Welcome home, Brian. It was a great interview with Albert. I loved hearing how the Peepo was almost a scrapped project. I have a Ranger, and it is a neat little pipe. I didn't realize that Big Ben was as old as it is. It's great to hear that it has been kept in the family as well. The coffee is much better in Europe. That is, unless you have a coffee, unless you're a coffee snob like me and spend the extra money for the good stuff. Great show, gents. All right, coming up, a uh, week and a half, the Conclave of Richmond Pipe Smokers, October 10th, 11th, and 12th in Richmond, Virginia. They have announced that this will be their last show. And uh, if you can get to the show, get there. Because we'll try to do something to save it and maybe do something next year. But this is, they've announced the last one. So hopefully you'll uh, get a chance to get to the Richmond show for one final time. And uh, West Coasters, West Coasters, don't forget the West Coast Pipe Show, Palace Station, Las Vegas, Nevada, November 7th and 8th, I believe. And if you're a fan of cigars, the Cigar Aficionado Big Smoke is in town that same same weekend. Uh, next week's show, I found some more notes for uh, from my trip to Germany and Denmark, so I'll add those in and we'll update that a little bit more. And uh, let's see, who's going to be the guest? Don't know yet, so you'll have to tune in next week to find out in just a minute. Rant time. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog and the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> in fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at smokingpipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to smokingpipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are smokingpipes.com. <laughs> This is Internet Radio. Cowboy. Cowboy. How many of you are driving in your cars right now and listening to the Pipes Magazine radio show? How many of you? Well, if you are, honk your horn for me. Honk your horn, go ahead, because in Europe I noticed that there was the there was a uh, large amount of cars with very happy, friendly little beep beep horns, little tiny toot toots that were running around, and they'd honk, and you'd kind of look. It was like they were trying to say hello to you. But apparently, one of the discussions that we got into over some uh, really good German beer, which by the way, not only is the coffee good in Europe, but the beer is good there too. 
one of the discussions was car horns because with na- nowadays with especially here in the states with everybody playing their boom boom music so loud you want a horn that is loud and angry and gets their attention well the discussion came to that some of the european manufacturers are trying to make car horns sound more friendly and less angry so they're making them happy little beep beep horns instead of angry little honking horns that want to wake you up Well, so I started paying attention and listening to all the different horns in Europe, and then when I got back, yeah, being in L.A. traffic, I got to hear some horns. Well, it seems like that's true. All the newer cars tend to have little happy horns that beep beep instead of really catching your attention. And then I noticed in the Dodge Caravan that I rented, it seemed like it was hard to get to the horn and actually push the horn. Well, you know what? When I hit the horn, I want... A horn that moves cars, a horn that says hello. If you want a car, if you're a car manufacturer and you want to add a little happy hello horn, maybe a second horn somewhere else on the steering wheel that's a little hello wake up horn, and then in case of emergency, hit this big sucker horn because that's what I want when I'm when I need to get somebody's attention. You need to break through all this noise that's out there and break through all those cars with all their boom boom music going. You want a horn that'll cut through that. So there you go, car manufacturers. Make me a happy horn and make me an angry horn. Then I'll have two choices. All right, that wraps up the show for this week. Hey, keep uh, posting feedback and comments and ratings and reviews wherever you can. Uh, Tell all your pipe-smoking friends that you listen to the Pipes Magazine radio show, and they should be too. And I'll do a better job of occasionally putting up some pictures and stuff on Facebook of things that I've done, but there's a couple of pictures up there right now from uh, the trip to Europe and then last weekend, so check those out. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company, and until next time. Cares about the clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to the bum, 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 bum,